everybody. Welcome back to Cruise Control. It is Monday, February 20th, 2023. Thank you for being back here on Cruise Control, the home of entertainment news. And we're back up again. Hopefully we're going to work fine tonight. That's that's the plan. I've been told at the uh, station here at Evumux that we're going to be good to go tonight. So we'll find out. Let us know if you see anything weird happening tonight. And I uh, appreciate any feedback tonight. So thank you for being here at the home of entertainment news. And joining me here, here tonight, as always, is my co-host, Miss Sabrina Vittori. Sabrina, welcome back to the program. How are you doing tonight? Hi, wonderful. Thank you for having me. Doing great. Hi, hey, hey, hey. It's, it's Monday, right? It's Monday. You having a good my day today day so far? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so far so good. No, no, uh, no uh, issues. Uh, it's President's Day, so a lot, lot less traffic going to work. I really appreciate that as a LA person. Hi, GR. Hey, GR. Welcome to the program. Yeah, it's great that less traffic. It's a good day. Start to a week. A lot of people had off today, so if you had off, thank you for being here on your day off to join us talking about some news. And joining us again back in the program is Lexi. Lexi, welcome back to the program. How are you doing tonight? Hi. Good. <laughs> How's your day been? Glad to be here. Uh, it's been all right. It's been pretty good. Glad to be here. We're Looking so happy to have to you it. back here. Finally on the other side again, instead of in your chat, harassing you. <laughs> I love we're, when you harass us in the chat. It's my favorite. It's great. It's great to have that feedback, too. And we're always enjoying that you're here tuning in with everybody else to support the show and appreciate you always. And you got to check out Cinema Demore. Just saying, it's an awesome podcast. Check it out. She's got some great topics she's talking about all the time. So after this, tune in there. You can find all of her program on any kind of podcast station you want. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Check it out. Check it out. <laughs> All right. Well, we have to dive right into it as always. So now it's time for some breaking news. All right. All right. All right. So here's hoping we go well tonight. So starting off, I have to start with some sad news. Um, and this is one of those things that happens once in a while. We always bring it up. But Richard Belzer passed away, actually. So if you've ever been a big fan of him, he was on uh, SUV, uh, uh, what's from 2013, he did 230 episodes or something like that. Uh, uh, it's, it's crazy. He's been on that show for so long. He's and great. Uh, law, law and order, law and order. Um, I always think, and this is something where I think about him because we have Lexi here and I did her podcast before where we talked about um, this whole franchise, there was all these reboots, right? Remember, he was, he was, um, Jeremy, the, Jeremy, he was Jeremy, he was the best Jeremy, I would say. <laughs> and they, it was like, they live, right? They live. It was like oh, the 90s yeah, version. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was yeah. Jeremy. And I think he was the best version of that character in all the reboots. And uh, when we watched that, Sabrina watched him with me too. And we, we said that same thing. Is that Jeremy from, <laughs> is that the guy we know from SD, uh, SVU? It's amazing that he was in that you way back SUV. then. Or S SUV, yeah. No, it's SUV, um, but you always, like, go ahead. SUV is in my head because I have an SUV in my head, apparently. I was like, I don't know who this guy is when he died, but it popped up on my phone. And then I saw Law and Order, and I immediately was like, oh, I know exactly who it is. I, like, I, I could picture his face in my head in two seconds flat. I was like, that guy was like an institution on that show. I'm like, he's been there forever. Yeah. And I was like, so as soon as I saw the name and I saw the age, I was like, oh, I know exactly who it is. Like, no yeah, question. Like, like 230 episodes. And he started out doing stand-up, apparently. And then he got his big yeah. break there, which is, is wild. I'll never think him doing stand-up. But then again, maybe with his dry sense of humor, it would work out really yeah. well. 
he had a really like he had the the most uh like on on law and order like for, he always had a lot of jokes but it was like the most dry humor it could possibly be <laughs> well it's a really like, no sad day to sell that shit yeah that's a really sad day that we lost him uh but you know he was a big talent and honestly if you've watched that show at all you know who he is it's really sad we lost him now but he left a lot behind and it's one of those things where you know, we hope the best for his family and friends out there and they can get through this difficult time because it is a sad thing um one other thing happening in the news is the program Duster is moving forward. And now if you probably haven't heard of Duster, well, Duster is one of the first projects that J.J. Abrams is working with HBO Max. So it's one of those things where he signed for, I think it was like nine deals, like nine projects. And then they had a bunch of issues when the whole change happened over with Warner Brothers and Discovery, and a lot of his shows got canceled. Well, this one's moving forward, and Duster is set in the 1970s. It's a drama. And the cast is pretty big. I mean, J.J. worked with some people from Lost that are on here. But the show follows the first black female FBI agent as she recruits a gutsy getaway driver in a bold effort to take down a growing crime syndicate. There's going to be eight episodes, and it's going to be de debuting this spring, I guess. Uh, and this, like I said, it's his first nine, first project of nine that he's doing, which is insane. But J.J. is finally getting a project moving forward. And with that moving forward, something going away is the Mighty Ducks. That's right. The Mighty Ducks is canceled at Disney+. Plus. And this is not a shocker to me. They did two seasons. Okay, they did two seasons of the Mighty Ducks. And apparently after the first season, the ratings were so abysmal, they were like, well, we probably shouldn't do more. But, eh, why not? We'll do another one. So they gave him a second season. It didn't go well for Emilio, the Mighty Ducks guy, I swear to God. And uh, it's so sad that it went away for him. But, again, it it wasn't doing well for Disney. And so why do you move forward? Iger apparently came back. You know, he's been trying to like clear all the fat and try to save money for the business. So it makes sense that this is something that just went away. And despite getting two seasons, it's gone. And with it going away, we also have Poker Face coming back. Now, if you've checked out Poker Face on Peacock, this is Ryan Johnson's project. And they've done 10 episodes already. And apparently, they're moving forward with the season two. It's a very early revival for this, a very early renewal, I should say. And it's got 99% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So it kind of makes sense that we'd be moving forward with this. I mean, it's doing that great. So keep it going. Some poker face from Ryan Johnson. And with that coming back, something going away is which I heard this in like Blood and Treasure. Apparently, Blood and Treasure is going away. Well, it was already on CBS, got canceled got picked up at Paramount Plus, did a second season, and they said, well, it's, it's, it's done. Now, this was supposed to be a series billed as Raiders of the Lost Ark mixed with the Da Vinci Code, and it followed Danny, a former FBI specializing in stolen art and antiquities, and Lexi, I like that, I saw it, and Lexi, a cunning art thief who teamed up on unexpectedly <laughs> to find themselves instead of a 2,000-year-old battle to cradle civilization and i saw lexi and i thought of lexi i'm like hey we got lexi on the program tonight so uh yeah this program i haven't heard of it before but i mean paramount plus tried to bring it back they did one season again they had problems because they were shooting during covid and they had to shut down bring it back shut down bring it back when it finally came back after buying it back from cbs didn't do too well and so it goes to the yeah. What do you think about <laughs> that premise this doesn't, this doesn't sound that good right besides the name no. right great name they but they tried they tried and it they didn't, never it didn't seem to they never make very good adventure shows like indiana jones is just such like a quintessential like it's so well done and right it's not a very hard formula it seems like it should be easy but i think it's really about 
finding a really good lead because it's about the charisma of that character because the rest of it just will fall into place as you go along same with the mummy franchise brendan fraser yeah. did an excellent job of like the charisma i think chris pratt can carry that in those roles at those moments if you want to yeah. use him I'm not a fan of him as a person but it doesn't mean he's not competent in those kind of roles but I think as TV shows and that kind of stuff, it never works. Uh, and I think when you bring the art and the Da Vinci Code kind of stuff into it, it just kind of gets fruity and it's not. I, I'm not watching that. <laughs> you want you, you want adventure or you want like the art intrigue kind of side of it, and you want it to either be serious or fun. You, you know. Yeah. I guess I guess you could do like you know another National Treasure. You could bring a TV show with that if you really wanted to. But they have that, Lexi, on Disney Plus, and it did That's not do terrible. well. You know? Yeah. And the fact they're trying to snowball that into a movie, they brought Justin Bartha back for that. They're like, we can have him tied together and may eventually get Nick Cage back. But, like, honestly, I watched, like, the first couple episodes. I tried, and it just it just fails. And, again, it's it's the character, though. Like, you're right, Nick Cage was great in The National Treasures. Yeah. You had Brendan Fraser, and he was great in The Mummy. So you need to have that good yeah, cast. And that show really didn't have it, so it went to the wayside. So they tried, they tried to Paramount Plus, but apparently, not moving forward. No more of that. I think it's about youth as well. I think you need a good young lead. I think if you go and try to capture the older people and have them try to do it again, it doesn't work as well. They got to be young and sexy and fun all at the same time. It's got to all kind of come into place all at once. So all those people at the peak of their everything, their peak of their sexy, their fun, their acting, all of it all comes into place. And one of our uh, uh, jukebox here said that it was garbage. I, I believe <laughs> it. <laughs> I believe it. If you saw it, let us know what you think about it. I, you know, I wasn't sold by the premise either. And I saw it. And I was like, I, whatever. You know, they tried. Paramount tried. Well, it's gone. And this also goes down to the whole thing where, you know, Paramount is combining with Showtime. Or then Showtime's disappearing, and so they're, they're, they're cutting things constantly. So it, it's just one of those things that just had to go away. So it's gone. And with that going away, something coming back is The Outer Banks. So The Outer Banks apparently is coming back to Netflix. So this treasure hungry group of friends, which you guess the treasure thing, it's kids though. It, it, this show is coming back. It's renewed for a fourth season. I didn't know they had three seasons, but a fourth season's coming back. It launched its third season on February 23rd. So, or it's about to, I should say, it's about to launch it. So it's the number one English language uh, television series globally on Netflix top 10 for four weeks. So it's been doing great. It's hit in top 10 in 74 countries. So apparently it's a, it's a no brainer for them to bring it back. So Outer Banks, I'm gonna check it out. It's coming back for a fourth season, everybody. If you haven't heard of it, Netflix is bringing it back for some more. Disney Plus is taking away Big Shot. That's right, Big Shot's going away. And the series followed a uh, temperamental basketball coach named Marvin, uh, who is Stamos. John Stamos played this part, who is fired from his oh. job at the University of Wisconsin. And he relocates to California to coach his girls basketball team. And, um, yeah, so they did a couple seasons. But, again, this is the same thing that happened where they were talking about, again, it fell under the whole Disney Plus thing where Disney Plus was like, they had this. They had Mighty Ducks. They both didn't do well the first season. They still brought them back for a second season and give it one more try, and it didn't work out. So they, Iger said, we got to get rid of these shows. we got to cut the fat. So big shots going away, unfortunately. If you were a fan of this, you're a fan of Stamos, unfortunately, it's going away, everybody. So it's sad to see Stamos lose his job, but it didn't do well. I mean, it had a good premise, but what are you doing? And the Marvels are being pushed. The Marvels are being pushed in November. 
So this is one of those things, too, where they're shaking their schedule up a little bit. I don't know why they're pushing it, but they're pushing it. This this Brie Larson-led uh, project should be good. Hopefully we bring all of them back. I don't know. I'm kind of torn about this one. I'm kind of torn about this project. Lexi, are you a big fan of, of, of Miss Marvel? Are you a fan of the, the Disney Plus show, the movie? Are, what do you think about this project moving forward? Uh, I am not a fan of Brie Larson, and I'm not a fan of the uh, movie at all that she comes from. Not a fan. I didn't watch the Miss Marvel series. Um, it just didn't interest me. And I usually I like the kids' stuff. Because, like, I do like kids' stuff. Like, I watch a lot of kids' stuff. So, I'm usually, like, I'm a big Teen Titans fan, that kind of stuff. So, I, I would think I'd be more into that kind of thing. But, no, just didn't appeal to me. Didn't really sit with me. I never even heard of this movie until you brought it up to me today, to be perfectly honest. And when <laughs> I read the premise. Well, I read the premise. I, read, I looked into it and saw more about it. Saw what it was. So I was like, what even is this? Yeah, and uh, I was interested in like the fact that they are combining a bunch of stuff. I'm not familiar with the African American girl's character at all. I've never even heard of her. Well, well she um, is like a spinoff. They used her in Doctor Doctor Strange, but she's supposed to be okay. uh, an al- an alternate ver- version of her. Yeah, pretty much of Brie, Lar- Brie Larson's character. So she's like I, a multiverse version. Okay. She came from. I didn't see that movie. Yeah. Okay, I didn't watch. I didn't watch either. Of, I didn't. Wa- I saw Wonder Vision, but I didn't see the. Uh, multiverse of madness thing so that one i didn't watch but um yeah i don't i don't have any interest in this anyway and i get the impression it's just going to keep getting pushed anyway and on top of that it is a female fronted film i can see why they're just going to keep pushing it to the back they're doing the same thing with batwoman there is kind of a they do slide those things back a bit more and more and more it it seems like these days it just happens. You know, they're probably doing some yeah. more reshoots or something. They try to tie it in some way. There might be some changes that they just want to incorporate into this because it is a big female-led movie that they're going to be pushing coming this year still. And it's like, I think it's their next one pretty much after, you know, they have Guardians still. They have Guardians, and then this comes out. So maybe they're also making way over the summer. They want to do a fall movie, so they're going for this for the fall. Um, Sabrina, what do you think about, about this? Are you uh, excited about this movie at all? I'm not a big fan of Brie Larson either in this part. I don't really know think she's amazing in this part but you know am, am i crazy too are lexi and i like eh, about this what do you think no i hate that bitch and i also think that captain marvel is the most boring <laughs> movie i've ever watched in my life i literally was on a plane and i was like yay a marvel movie this will be cool and then i wanted to shoot myself in the face i was like more cocktails please like it <laughs> was terrible i do not care for her at all and i she i know this is something else that we're going to talk about so sorry for this but she's in the Fast and the Furious, and I'm like, way to make it less exciting for me to watch, because I already don't want to watch that piece of shit either. So, hard pass on her. <laughs> sorry for the noise. Someone just delivered a package to the front door. That's why the dogs are going this. So, I'm sorry. I'm going to mute you, and I'm going to go get that, and hopefully shut them up. But, boo Marvel, boo Brie Larson, and Lexi Bryan are on the same track as I am. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. They tried with this. She's not a good person. Like, that was the whole thing, was that this character was supposed to be a female empowerment character, and then the woman they got playing her wasn't really yeah. the best, you know, judgment. A lot of controversy kind of with her. So, eh, it is what it is. They keep That keeps happening a lot. They keep trying to get these female empowerment roles. This happens with Disney a lot, too. Like, this one, and then the one from um, the, the Mandalorian that ended up being, like, a huge Republican, and went yeah. over and started making films with uh, the right-wing film company and all that stuff. So She was in the even the Hunter Biden movie they did, too. You know, she did that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, so that's just you like know, Disney was, things. like, cut ties. Yeah. 
I mean, I respect that they cut ties, but then also they cater their films to China. So eh, who say, you know? <laughs> how does that really work? You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not really stoked about this movie though. Like, of course, what you're saying too, and and I and I tried to watch the Miss Marvel TV show, but I really didn't get into it again. I feel like I wasn't like, I feel like it's meant for younger generation, and they're gonna be pushing sure. that character to the, you know. So I tried to watch it. It was okay, but people like really went crazy about it. But I was like, I, I don't think it was for me, you know. So I hope the best for the movie. Hopefully, it's good. Again, at the end of of that of the Miss Marvel series, her and Brie Larson switched bodies. So I guess wherever she went in the universe, Brie Larson appeared in her body, and I guess they're going to have a Freaky Friday type thing happening in the actual movie. I don't know how that's wow. going to work. I don't know. Uh, it's like Marvel's Freaky Friday. So <laughs> I, I'm I not just, really stoked. I just, every time I hear something new about what Marvel's doing, I just like, just stop. Yeah. Just stop. Oh, are you serious? That is even more off-putting. I literally want to jump off a bridge. It's going to be a Freaky <laughs> Friday situation. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm 100% honest hardest, about this. This is true. The hardest of passes. It's okay, like Freaky I Friday. Right now. <laughs> no. Freaky Friday. Marvel. Let's I do this. I, with the package in my hand, I sprinted. I was like, I need to get back there to be like, what the actual fuck? Like, this is actually happening. <laughs> I, I can't. I cannot. That's it's, offensive. It's true. It's true. Yeah, but we'll see. I would rather watch see. the Vince Vaughn Freaky with... The, the, the girl from Ant-Man. I would rather watch that than this, honestly. Yeah, that movie looks See, no awful, one knows what I'm talking about because it's also a weird Lindsay Lohan, yeah. uh, Jamie Lee Curtis situation, but like <laughs> a, a year ago, and it's Vince Vaughn going into a teenage girl's body and he's a serial killer. Seems much yeah. more interesting than what you I remember just described. That movie. I, can't I know what that. you're talking about. Yeah. I would say more I, interesting. Much more interesting. <laughs> But speaking of, you said you said Ant Man, right? So speaking of Ant Man, I want to talk about it just briefly, just 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 briefly. So Ant Man's out, as we know. So it's made 120 million opening weekend. So it's projected to make about 95 to 100. That's what everybody was saying. Well, it broke 120 worldwide. I think it helps that it opened in China. A lot of Marvel movies weren't opening there. This one it opened there. Again, we talked about what kind of forever opened over there. So they've been finally letting more movies open there. Great it's picture. all movie to movie to movie. Yeah, it's great, right? I mean, I, I, of course, I worked on this. I have some stories about it. We'll get into it some more because I don't want to spoil. Lexi hasn't seen it yet, and I'm still getting people another day. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. But one fun story, I guess, just off the top, because it's been in the trailers. It's been in the trailers. So if you watch the trailers, there's a scene with like a million Ant-Men, it's a million Paul Rudds running around the scene. And let's just say I worked on that. So <laughs> let's just say I was in there wearing that Ant-Man costume. So there was there's a lot of cool stuff that I that I got to do on this project. And I can't wait to talk about all of it. Now that it's actually out there, I can say a little bit. You know, you sign those Marvel NDAs, you can't say anything. Um, but it was cool. We went to a cast and crew screening and i got to you know see my name in the credits it was pretty cool um so yeah if you check it out it's a fun movie don't i know people are trashing it people are trashing it but just sit back and enjoy it it's a sci-fi movie you know it's fun it's wild it's out there it's a lot of blue screen record they're always hard on ant-man anyway he's always kind of the black sheep of the marvel universe and he's my favorite character so y'all can fuck off yeah that's what i'd say too Everybody, all the haters, fuck off. Just, just, just sit back and enjoy the movie for what it is. He's a guy that gets small and then gets big and then gets small. Right, Come on, right. you know. You need to look out for the little I mean, guy. Look out for the I little guy. I always say that 
I always say this about Ant-Man. Ant-Man is the only franchise in Marvel that still understands what a superhero movie should be, and that's that they should be fun. Yeah. And that's why you should watch these movies, is that they're fun. When they get all serious and drowsy, you know, downers, it's like, who wants that? Like, they're supposed to be fun, you know? It's like, that's why I like Ant-Man. They're just fun. So, I'm really excited to see it for the... And I'm sorry I haven't seen it yet. I feel like I should have seen it before I came on your show and I let you down. But I've had, like, a super no. busy week. So. <laughs> no, you, no, it's fine. It's fine. No. I, a lot of people haven't seen it yet. And I say go next weekend to get more, you know, revenue for the project. Because the more people that show up next weekend, the better it can do. Because it shows that it has staying power. So, it would be good if more people go see it next weekend. So, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, check it out. GR says, I hope it's better than the second one. It is better I, than the second one, GR. I think it totally it is. is. This this movie is very much about family, um, and that's really the whole don't, thing. Don't you know, Dominic family, Toretto family, family. Well, well, you know, <laughs> I was gonna say, as we talk about the family aspect, though, I want to talk about the Fast and the Furious. So, <laughs> Fast and the Furious Ten trailer came out. It's coming out in May. They had this during the Super Bowl. We haven't had a chance to talk about it. It blew up YouTube. Everybody's going crazy about this trailer. So I figured we had to talk about it. We just had to talk about it. So we finally sat down and watched it. And I got to say, I'm not really <laughs> – it's more no. the same, everybody. It's more the yeah. same. Look, It's more the same, right? It's a lot. <laughs> like the fact that – I just want to say that car at the end, when the car flies out of the plane and lands on it two cars and it doesn't stop right there. No, no, no. It keeps going. And then they shoot two hooks in. And they lift the car in the air with two helicopters, but the, the car can pull the helicopters down and they make them explode. He Again. revved his motor. He <laughs> can do anything. That is Dominic Toretto's charger, and it can defy physics and gravity. And you yep. respect that car. It was built by his father. Family. Family. That's right. I think even John Cena worked on it. So that's three Toretto's. John Cena is there. That is correct. Yeah, yeah they John got, Cena. They <laughs> John Cena's his brother, dude. How much do you believe that, really, honestly? Well, they, they had to get some former wrestler in it in some way, right? Because The Rock had well, they to all, keep fighting How much him, does Jason so. Momoa look like a wrestler girl? Like, really? He's like... <laughs> he looks straight like... Straight off the top ropes, bro. I cannot he, with him. He does, but he also looks like... There's a lot of shots in this trailer. I'm like, are you CGing his face somehow? Like, what's happening with, with him space? So weird. I don't know. It looks kind of weird sometimes. I'm like, are you trying to make him look younger? Is that what this is? Are these flashbacks? Or is this just like something bad you did with makeup on set? I don't know. Again, this is Fast and the Furious. It's the same shit we always get, you know. You know, cars flying through the air, talks of family. I mean, even the trailer starts out with them doing a barbecue, which I laughed. Family. Um, right. Yeah. Family. <laughs> they mentioned family at least five times in that trailer. It's like we know already. Like, in that trailer. Yeah. We yeah. get it. And the best part is, is his son is a completely different child yet again. Like, well, he's got three different kids now in every single film. <laughs> like, I'm worried about my like, kids. I got your kid. You're like, mm, let's stop. Don't bring family into it, sir. Please don't. That's for us to do. And I love how it's like the end's the beginning. It's like the first one, then there's going to be 11, too, and the 11's going to end it. But, I mean, no, no, will no. that really? It's not 11 because, remember, it's part part one and part two of 10. That, that's that, true. They can't make, like, sequels. <laughs> they just got to, you know. I really hate that. 10A and I really 10B. Hate when they make, yeah, when they end a film series and they really just make it two parts so they can cash in as much as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. Just make it part like this and part whatever. Like, 
we'll accept it. I'm fine with there being 11 of them. It doesn't have to end on an odd number or an even number. Like, that's fine. We're, we're a uh, Fast and the Furious family here, and we love these films, even though we know they're shit. They're all shit. But I they're agree. fun. And <laughs> they are that's fun. the thing is, that's, the, that's why you watch them. They're fun. And I'm a big car person, so they're they're fun. But Wait, um, like the... Lexi, I have a direct question. How did you feel about them traveling into space in the last uh, installment? Well, see, 9 was shit. 9 was really bad. And it was a really poor use of bringing back the characters from Tokyo Drift, who I've been demanding they bring back. I've been wanting him back, like, forever, because that was my favorite one, was Tokyo Drift. But, and 5 is honestly the best of the series, hands down. But, like, this trailer fell flat. And as someone who usually gets fairly hyped for these movies regardless, even Nine, the trailer for Nine, I was like, I want to see Space Fira. Like, I want to see how stupid this gets. I'm, I'm here for that. This yeah. just really didn't have anything <laughs> that made me go, like, ooh, or anything, like, truly outlandish. It didn't even give me a, a fresh, ludicrous line. It didn't give me, like, anything to really pay off of. I'm very happy that Stamos is back because at this point, Stamos really is the highlight of the series. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw, they need to make a sequel of that. I want to see yeah. more of that. Yes. Because Hobbs so and good. Shaw yeah. is really like the highlight of the series at this point. But yeah, I don't think that we're going to get the payoff to the series that we're looking for. And I was really disappointed to see that they think that we should believe that Jason Momoa was standing in the background of like everything that's been going on from <laughs> five on. And then he's just this angry, pissed off guy who should be there in the background. I'm just like... Mm. Like you guys are stretching with his so hard. Snake skin button-up like, shirt, by the way. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah and I, and I, where do you come I, from? I'm not a fan of him. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of Momoa as a whole. I think that Momoa. This is what I always said about him. He's an excellent um, secondary character. He's really good at like playing those kind of characters, but he's a terrible lead. He's really not capable of handling lead roles. That's why I think Aquaman is not a good film. But I think that when he was cast as Aquaman in the Justice League, I was really excited, and he did a good job. But he wasn't good at carrying the film by himself. He was really good in Dune, like. But he's not good at carrying lead roles by himself. I just, I'm not sure what to do with him. I'm never sure how to feel about him. I'm like, I've seen him do really good roles. I've seen him do an absolutely horrible job. So, I'm really on the fence with him as an actor, and I don't know how to be excited about him in this film. I just feel like they're just stretching for the next big thick guy that's in Hollywood to stick in this movie. I'm like, they've run out of big thick guys to stick in these films, and this is the last big thick guy they got. So. I, they want all the big, thick guys. Did, so they want the big, big, big guy big battle. In this, in this preview, I will give you that. Right. Very and the Rock won't come back. Like, what is happening? I don't blame the Rock for not coming back after all the shit that he was put through with friggin' what's his face with Vin so. Diesel. Yeah, I mean, Vin Diesel. They Vin just Diesel's replaced him with John Cena, so who cares? Right. I, mean, I yeah. care, but I'm saying like they're like whatever. We'll just get John Cena, and like let's bring Charlize Theron back to life. And let's uh, bring like uh, you know uh, Jason Statham back, and let's bring, it's like everyone who has ever like been in a Fast and the Furious movie that is remotely noteworthy. They're like, we're just gonna bring you all back in this, and that's what all the shocked and craziness is because everyone was like, oh, Charlize Theron, oh my god, like it, it's like who honestly, who gives a flying fuck? And you can't put every single person in the history of life in one movie. How do you flesh that out? Like, you honestly can't. It's just going to be, like, weird cameos and unfinished stories and a lot of family talk. And then you throw Brie Larson's dumbass in there. Hard pass on you again for the second time in one episode. <laughs> and then we have to, like, circle back to, like, how amazing Helen Mirren is. 
And like, I'm down with that, girl, I love you. I'm just saying, it's a lot for one movie. It is a lot. And if we're gonna bring people back from the dead, I'm just saying, I'm campaigning for Idris Elba. Like, can we just bring him back from Hobbs and Shaw? Because I really appreciate an installment of Idris Elba. And then I maybe go see it. Maybe that would be Hobbs and, then, and like, Shaw they- too. And then Nicolas Cage and Angelina Jolie could just show up from, uh, you know, Gone in 60 oh, Seconds. Gone in 60 I would love that. There. I would love I would just there. that. Yeah, let's do a crossover. Why not? I mean, at this point, why not? <laughs> They're like, I'm stealing these cars. I own these cars. Let's go to space. I'm not really sure. Like, right. I don't know. Maybe we'll at this maybe point, let's bring it around. I wouldn't be surprised if he's like in the next Avengers movie next. You know what I mean? Vin Diesel comes yeah. in with his car, does like a big slide in. He gets out of the car. He's like, group, I'm going to help Captain America out. No, yeah, yeah, Groot. <laughs> Groot and like, him together. Groot and him together. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's going nuts about this. Like, I'll still watch it because, again, like Lexi said, they're like a guilty pleasure for me at this point. I want to see what they're going to do next. I laugh at them. I, I don't down, expect the I world down from them. Until the space. When they went to space, I tapped out. I tapped out. You I'm were still going to watch like, it. Just stop. <laughs> just stop. It's too much. I mean, they sent the right people to space at least. Did yeah. they? It was comic relief. So, yeah. It was funny. I mean, like, here's the satellite episode and here's the movie. Like, it was just so bizarre. I literally, when I, I was sleeping and I woke up and I was like, what the actual fuck is going on right now? Like, literally what is happening? Are they in space? Brian said yes. And I was like, and peace. Yeah, she was like, and I I'm done. Yeah. I don't know. It, I mean, what else are they going to do? They got to go like raise the stakes every time. So that's what they're doing now. We'll see what they do with this one again. New villain, big wrestling guy like Jason Momoa, and, you know, everybody else is back. That was the cool thing about this trailer. Like, everybody was back besides The Rock. So we'll see where it ends up going. Yeah, even dead people showing up. Even actual dead people and then people who died in the franchise. Like, we bring back all the dead people, okay? Yep. Because they don't care. I wasn't mad that Han came back. I mean, I love Han. Han He's great. I was happy when they brought him back to life. I'm like, that makes sense. Yeah. He and Sabrina's totally like, dead. he was one in here before? Is it One Life to Live? Like, I'm not really sure what's happening right now. Like, is this, like, an actual film franchise? You can't just bring up evil twins and dead people, like, on the regular. Like, that's not what happened. It's amazing because Han and Letty survived, like, the exact same crash, too. Like, the same rollover, upside down, car about to burn, crawling out the yeah. side secretly. Like, I'm like, hey, so that's the these rollovers are great. recipe. Yeah. yeah. Like if we do a roll you gotta, over death, you're if you roll, if, if you land on your roof, you can crawl out the side. You're okay. okay. Because right, they're so superheroes at, at this point. <laughs> they're superheroes. I'm waiting for that Might cape. Well I think be. by the eleventh, by ten point five. Ten point five. Vin Diesel will be flying around that Universal planet. Ten point five. You watch. He'll fly around the planet. Oh, it'll be like Diesel. Universal. You know, it'll be like fast. Ten point five. Just saying. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to talk about that. But let's let's move on because we got a lot to talk about. Um, somebody else uh, I want to talk about that's in the news again is M. Night Shyamalan. I can never say his night name right, mm-hmm. but M. Night. M. Night's back in the news because he just signed a deal. Look at a that first picture. Look deal. I can't. It's a great he looks picture. He like a real estate agent from Schitt's Creek. I cannot remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm sorry. It's so true. He totally does. <laughs> If you haven't seen Shit's Creek, check it out. You'll know exactly what Sabrina is talking about. But he just signed a deal, a first look deal for directing with WB, with Warner Brothers, which is interesting because his last project with WB was Lady in the Water, which did not do well. But because of Knock at the Cabin and because of The Servant, he's back in the limelight. People are like, let's give him a chance. So he signed a deal with WB. 
He's going to have a first look deal with them. And right now his first picture coming out is a project uh, that he directed. It comes out, I think, next summer. Um, and then his, his, his actual daughter got a deal with them too. Nepotism a little Shocking. bit. So, so his daughter got a deal with them as well. And she's doing her own project too. So that'll be coming out under WB. So he's got this whole deal and they're saying, hey, we're giving you a chance. Bring him back because he's doing so well. They're expecting glorious things for their productions. We'll see what happens. You know, like I say, he's hit and miss all the time when it comes to him. Sometimes I love his stuff. Sometimes I hate it. The Watchers is the name of the uh, of the project that his daughter is doing. And his project, I'm going blank Wait, on the I'm name sorry, of that. The Watcher? The Watchers is like his daughter's project. Yeah. Yeah, but isn't that like a Ryan Murphy show that's on Netflix? Yeah, but this is called The Watchers. I think that was The Watcher. Oh. This is The Watchers. Oh, it's plural. It, yeah, and Way it comes out June 7th, 2024. I appreciate it. Yeah, so it's a little different. It's a little different, you know. Yeah, uh, and and his One project, different. his project is called Trap, actually. So, thinking about this, what do we think about M Night? I'm gonna go to Sabrina. What do you think about M Night? Do you think this is a good thing that WB would be like, let's sign a deal with you because he's been so hot right now, or do you think they should look at their past and be like, you did Lady in the Water, it was shit. Why would we sign you again? Um, honestly, like I agree with what Rachel said. She's like, I'm so over him. And like, he, but he, he is, I was so over him until the servant, like the servant is really good. And I look forward to it. And at this season, actually not so much, not loving it, but the previous three seasons leading up to it, I was really, really hooked on it and couldn't wait. Oh my God. With the pictures, Brian, I cannot with this guy. It is too much. Um, <laughs> I had fun with this today. Thank <laughs> you. I, anyone who's listening to this on audio, you're really missing out because this is epic. Um, I just, I, I was over him, like 100% over him, like 100% over him. Um, but I then got into the servant and, and it, it gave me a little bit of faith. And to be fair, it was created by someone else, uh, Tony Bascallop, I believe his name is. Um, and so like M Night is very involved, but it's not 100% his. So that does give me a little pause, but I... I'm going to go see Knock at the Cabin. And if that is worth a shit, then I, then I can get behind WB on this deal. If it's not, then, then they're fucking nuts, in my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sold on it. I really am not. But Knock at the Cabin looks good. Lexi, what do you think about this? Are you a fan of M. Night? Are you excited to see that he has a new deal with WB? I mean, multiple projects, so you know there's going to be a lot M. Night coming forward. Or are you like, this is a bad idea for them as a company, and I don't need any more you know, M. Night in my life? M. Night Shyamalan is the General Motors of fucking directors. Like, how many more <laughs> government bailouts does this guy need, and like chances does he need? How many failed projects that you need to put on the market that go under factories that just keep completely shutting down and like it, it's like the guy has like so many failures under his belt how come they just keep giving him a chance like over and over and over when so many other directors don't get these opportunities and he has so many like fails under his belt and but like, he had two really, really, really good movies that they're willing to, for some reason, like, yeah. give him Let's just the, keep the slapping rate. Academy Award winning director. Like, the guy was an Academy Award director 20 fucking plus years ago. Like, I get it. True. He won, like, at and, the start of and his, his career. Other, his other good movie was before that. You know what I mean? Like, like I mean, I, this guy is that, he's done not... Shit. 
And I, I like Lady in the Water, but I'm aware that there is a, a n- not a fan base for the film. And I'm not going to sit here and defend it when he has such a large catalog. I mean, this idiot thought he could make down-to-earth, real-life-based superhero movies. I'm sorry, Unbreakable's garbage. The entire thing with all of that <laughs> split was garbage. The final three films that he brought together when they had their big superhero battle was the most pathetic waste of anybody's time I've ever seen. Uh, I'm like, his R-rated film that he finally released, the the, the happening with the plants, uh, some of the worst acting I've ever oh, seen. Some of the oh, terrible. Was so bad. One of the best. So what? I think it's the plants. I've ever seen. <laughs> but like, In how do you have movie. such great actors with such bad acting i'm like I-, I love john leguizamo how did you get such a bad performance out of him i'm like i saw this guy play clown in spawn and he did an amazing performance i'm like you can clearly get good acting out of this guy in shit films so how is it that you had all the, the backing in the world and just keep producing garbage after garbage after garbage the avatar film like it's one of the most hated films ever made oh yeah like, but yet they, they just keep backing him and backing him and backing him oh let's give him another chance let's give him another chance i'm like what do we keep giving this guy why? another chance for why does this guy Wait, keep what, getting hailed as this great the last the airbender avatar, the last airbender like it's oh, one of oh, the most oh. hated films by fans of the that avatar, was him? last airbender like yeah, it was him. yeah i know that was him like, there's, there's just so many things that this guy has not succeeded in, and we just keep allowing it over and over and over. What's his next failure? What's he going to do next? It's like, well, I guess that was fine. It's like, it's not, not fine. It's not fine to keep backing somebody who never has success. I'm like, whose pocket are you in? Whose friend are you? Like, why are you given so many opportunities? But the really good, like the... And that, and that might yeah. be, but like... I he has way like a trail of just destruction behind Shit. him. It's true. Leading up yeah. to that, and 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 every every director who is given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity eventually is going to make something good. Like yeah. you, how could true. you not when you have those many opportunities handed to you? So how, how could you not produce something at least watchable once in a great while? Like I said. I, I have seen him produce some things. I know that there is some degree of competence in there somewhere here and there. Nothing he's ever made is truly ever original or whatever. It's all based off of one thing or another. But I don't know. I, I, I think the, this is a terrible investment on Warner Brothers' behalf. And I think they're going to shoot themselves in the foot with this. Like, yeah. <clears throat> good luck. Good luck. Let's good luck. Gives, we'll see let's what see if he happens. gives you another. What was that one that he did where the, the the kids came over to stay with the grandparents? That's probably one of the most abysmal oh, films yeah. I've ever seen in my entire life. Like I didn't even see that, that oh. one. Let's not talk. Oh, like, oh, oh Cavern no, in the well, Woods. I did watch that. It was called Sundowners oh. or Sun. Sun the, the visit. Or... I think it's called the visit. Oh, the visit. Yeah, the visit. But it's about but, but it's about sun sundowning disease or sundowners disease or something. Yeah, so, I think you're right. It's, it's like about, where the grandparents go ape shit and fuck around at and night. do fucked up yeah. shit, right? At it's night, It's about yeah. a little white okay. kid pretending to be, like, a rapper. <laughs> I'm like, well, he walks around with a handy cam filming his grandparents have, like, fits. I'm like, Who do this is up not shit? a film. Like, this is not a film worth my time. Old has some of the worst acting I've ever seen in my oh, entire old. life. Old is bad. You are not a competent director. Your themes don't go anywhere. Your twists <laughs> don't have good twists. I'm like, I actually thought he would have been a good uh, forerunner to take over the Twilight Zone. 
that was a good position for him to be in. That makes but sense. I don't think that he's good for continuing to direct these fucking movies and give him all this money. Like, it's a waste of time. Yeah, you go ahead, I, Warner Brothers. You keep wasting money. You keep wasting money on Harry Potter and this. You go right ahead. I, I know. We're going to get to Harry Potter in a second here. But first, I want to talk. And, you know, the thing is about M. Night, I don't understand why anybody would keep putting faith in him again the servant's great but then it's not all him it's other people involved with him he doesn't even direct all of it he has his I hands in that. it but he's mostly producing you know yeah so i'm just saying like when it's all him how the chips fall usually bad i don't know we'll see what happens warner brothers we'll see how this first project goes hopefully it does well for you but there's no guarantees but something that's going well right now is the last of us so I want to talk about the newest episode a little bit. It just came out. We have had six episodes so far. The Last of Us just aired last night on HBO Max. And now we have the story getting into more of a family-based topic right now, which is apparently a lot of people have been asking for online, is getting to the family. Well, Joel finally got to his brother. We know he's alive. Spoiler it's alert, everybody, if you're out there. syndrome, y'all. <laughs> well, spoiler alert, though, everybody out there. So Joel got back to his brother. He's okay. His brother's alive. He's still trying to get Ellie over to the uh, to the Fireflies. And I thought this episode was great. I really did. I thought this was a lot of fun. I think we're getting more into the the dynamic of him being a caring individual, like what he's gone through, him recognizing how old he's gotten, like how it's taking a toll on his body just doing this job or living in this world, I should say, for like 20 years since this huge pandemic and like the world just being destroyed. And now he's like second guessing himself. You know, he can't hear He's having problems like being as alert as he used to be. Uh, he doesn't trust his senses anymore. Lexi, you saw this. What do you think about the show, where it's going, and, and, and this newest episode? The, the writing on this show is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, I didn't want, I don't want to say I didn't want to like this show. It's not about that. I, it's a show based on a video game. I'm not familiar with the video game. I think I'm glad I'm completely unfamiliar with the video game because I know there's changes from the original subject matter, but it sounds like the ch the changes that are made are to the game or the show's benefit. Yeah. So I'm not mad at what I'm watching. Um, that episode with the, the homosexual couple was one of the most beautiful pieces of television I've ever seen written in my entire life. It was fantastic. And every episode that I have seen, uh, just with the character development between Joel and the little girl, her name escapes me. Um, yeah, Ellie. Uh, some of the best character, yeah, Ellie. Some of the best character writing I've ever seen. Like, they have a wonderful character dynamic. I'm genuinely interested in watching them. I'm interested in learning about them and watching their character development. Um, she's a great character. She's usually a character I don't like. I don't usually like feisty young girls or not my type typically and this kind of stuff. And she's really growing on me a lot. I really like her a lot. I really like their dynamic. This episode was a really good episode of developing their relationship further and taking it to the next level. Um, I thought the brother was uninteresting, but you know, I don't really like the side characters too, too much unless they do a good job of developing them. Like the last episode with the the brothers, the, the young brother and the older brother, that was a really, really good episode. Um, I'm really impressed with this show. I'm not going to stop watching it, um, but yeah. they've got to keep this writing going. <laughs> it's a hard it's a hard level of quality to maintain, and they have really set a high precedent. So good luck. 
I've been shocked that it's been going so well for so long too. You know, the fact that you can tell a whole side story that's so beautiful and so so amazing and fleshed out, yeah. and then the fact they can get back into the story and just have the same kind of dynamic, even like okay, last that, week. That was weird for me. I love that episode as a standalone film. Like it was, like you said, some of the most beautiful television. Like the their relationship, and then. And in a relatively very like short period of time, and under such conditions, you were able to see from from seed to to um, end, like their entire relationship. Yeah. And I mean, it was it was breathtakingly beautiful. The relationship, yeah. the visuals. I did have one slight problem cinematically, which was like they they showed the view at the end that it was out, out of the second story window when we watched him walk down the hall and go. But that's like a script supervisor situation that I can't help myself with. Um, but other than that, it is like a, a literally a perfect hour of television. It just, to me, had nothing to do with the fucking show. There was no zombies. There was no not like what I like. I, I am glad that I was able to watch it and that it came from that. But it just to me, it had, it had nothing to do with the fucking show. Like, how did it push the, the story forward? Like, what was the point? Like, you know, that OK, they knew them and they were going to get resources from them. Like, it just seems like an odd way to go about that i i I don't disagree that like that is it's amazing and beautiful and i fucking loved everything i cried like a little bitch at the end of it like straight up cried like a baby like it was it's so sad i just seemed like it was like not part of the show i was like i don't don't understand why you're tearing my heart out and pissing on it in front of me like i'm just trying to have a sunday (laughs) here people like it was a lot the best the best zombie stories the best post-apocalyptic stories are the stories that are able to focus on the humans and not focus on the zombies the zombies should be the catalyst not the focus of the story and so this show is doing a wonderful job of the zombies exist and they are out there and they are an external threat that is causing you to have to behave a certain way but the show's yep. focus is on the human elements and the human stories. And so that's what you're there for. And if you're there for zombies and that kind of shit, it's not really like, not really like your kind of jam. That's why I like George Romero so much. George Romero is my favorite director because he's not a zombie director. He's a director who uses zombies as the catalyst to tell human stories. And I think that that's like what's most important. I think that's where, you know, Walking Dead loses its way when it stops being about those human stories and it starts being about the zombies because the zombies are not it's Let's just see. about creating I'm 100% an external threat. not a zombie person i want to assure you of that if that's what i said made you think that i apologize because i am not, <laughs> not it's, it's funny <laughs> like i literally like i'm like oh great zombie mode like well i i will refuse to watch the what's it called the walking dead the day yeah, the, the rise dead. of the walking dead the story yeah, of the walking don't dead waste your time. You can't do it yeah Cannot do it. Went on too long. This, like, I love, like, I didn't play the video game either, you know, so I'm, I'm working on it with a blank slate, but I do, I work at, um, Hawkeye and Morphic and like, it's a very small staff and we talk about stuff like this and like the people who have played the, the video game are like, it is so ridiculously fucking true to the vision of the game, which is insane. Like, how do you, yeah, and how do you flesh out characters so well and also be true to a video game? Like, that doesn't even make sense to me. And then I think that's amazing, but they are all enthralled with that aspect of it. Me not knowing that aspect of it, I am equally, if not more, enthralled with it. But, like, the fact that it is also so true to where it comes from is extremely admirable and very rare, in my opinion, 
in film all over the place, no matter what anything's based on, not just on a video game, like whatever anything is based on. I feel like there's usually a huge disconnect between reality and what you put on screen. Um, and I'm not saying video game is reality. Please don't misconstrue my words, but like that is what it's based on. But well, this is um, a very cinematic video game that turned into a, a series because it was so cinematic. cinematic. The people that used yeah. to play it said that it would play out like a movie almost. So it makes sense that it becomes a cinematic like goldmine for HBO Max. But you're playing a game. Like how cinematic can you feel when you're playing it? Like I don't know. I guess it's just not it's not my world. Those cutscenes. So the the cutscenes yeah. are amazing. But depending on the game that you're playing, that can be pretty complicated and detailed and rich. Yeah. Not all of them. It's you know. It depends on the effort and the world building and how they choose to go about it. It's up to the designers. To be fair, like my my idea of a video game is like Zelda or like you know. <laughs> totally super, fair. Super still yeah. waiting for that Zelda movie. Still waiting. I was gonna say uh, we're all still waiting for a Zelda movie. You know, yeah. if they gave a budget, like a nice Lord of the Rings budget to a Zelda film, and actually get like a proper live action Zelda film, it could be, be awesome. epic. Come on, Nintendo, make this happen. Yeah, if you We've actually had like a Lord of the Rings budget, mm-hmm. you know, but it would be amazing. Into a Zelda film, people would love it. It could be an amazing film. They're just oh so God, no, scared to invest in films it. after that Mario Brothers film, the, the live action one from back in the day. They're just so scared. They're going to see how this one goes, the, the, the new but one that's coming two out. With that's yeah, not but, Nintendo, though. That's, that's not, a Sega. I know, but Sega yeah. it's a video game they movie, take risks. and now this? Maybe true. after that's Mario true. Brothers, they'll give it a chance, you know? But Mario Brothers isn't Sega. live action, so who knows? Sega has always been bold up. with their stuff. They're always going to take a risk. There's no company riskier than Sega. <laughs> like, <it's laughs> but The Last of Us, I think, is a fantastic show overall. This new episode was a lot of fun, a lot of heart. It really had the played up the father and the son or the father and the daughter dynamic, which I think was amazing to see like them kind of falling into that because it kind of hinted at that before. You know, he lost his daughter and she's kind of falling into yeah. that mold and he's worried about losing her like he lost his daughter. So he doesn't trust himself because in a way, you know, he lost his daughter on his own watch. So he thinks the same thing is going to happen, I think, in his mind. So he has these panic attacks. He's worried about the loss he's already had around him. He doesn't trust himself. So to me, it's it's really a great dynamic. And it really started pushing that this episode. And so I'm excited to see where it goes forward. Of course, again, spoilers, he gets stabbed. But I don't think he's going to die. You know, I just think it's a way of switching the dynamic so that she has to watch him as opposed to him caring for her a little bit. I think it's just going to change a little bit. And he got stabbed in the games too. So it's tying into that as well. And he didn't die in the games. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but I know, I know. But we'll see. It's a great show. I'm excited about it. We got to move on though, because we got to get to our featured story tonight. And now it's time for our featured story of the night. All right, everybody. It's time for us to talk about something that's been going around the news for a while here. And, of course, there's controversy with this. A lot of people are playing this. Okay, and this is where it I mean, it's a video game, but there's a lot of stuff besides it being a video game. I want to talk about Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy. Now, this game just came out on PlayStation. It's also coming out, the end. I think it's end of February, uh, for other platforms. But the biggest problem with this game is what it represents and who it's giving money to and where or who it's funding, I should say. That's the biggest problem. Now, people are like, it's a Harry Potter game. 
yeah, it's a Harry Potter game, but Harry Potter's not what Harry Potter used to be because of one individual we like to call J.K. Rowling. Now, unfortunately, J.K. is not the person that we thought she was. And she's saying, oh, no, I have a podcast coming out, and I'm going to explain myself. They misread us, me, me and all this bullshit, and I don't believe it. I don't believe a fucking shit she says. I see what you're doing, JK. I see what you're thinking, and I see where your motives are and where, you're, where everything comes to this. I see what you're doing, and I see what you're trying to push. And pushing an agenda when you have a kid's project like this is bullshit for me. Like, honestly, you wrote this. You had a successful series. End of the day, let it lie. Who are you to be like, pushing your, your, and this is what, this is what a lot of people do sometimes. They push their fucking values and their thoughts on people when they should just shut the fuck up and let people enjoy their entertainment. That's it. You created something great. You made a lot of fucking money. You were poor. You were in your car. You had nothing. All right. You entertained the world. Leave it at that. Let your legacy be that. But instead, nope, she wants to be greedy and she wants to be an asshole towards people. And she wants to separate people and segregate people. And that's bullshit. And I want to talk to Lexi about this because Lexi, this has been the news. And it's something that you brought up to me, and I'm like, we need to talk about this in the program. I'd love to have you on to talk about it. What's your feelings about this series? And I know you've had some problems with it because of people around you, too. What do you think about this Harry Potter legacy, Hogwarts legacy, and the impact it's having on society? The issue is not necessarily, I mean, okay. I was going to say, the issue is not necessarily the game itself, but rather the support of Harry Potter as a franchise, because by... By supporting Harry Potter, you support J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling has come out as a TERF. A TERF stands for trans, uh, trans-exclusionary radical feminist. Um, it's an agenda where you want to stop trans people from having rights and having an ability to live and function in society. Uh, J.K. Rowling has made billions off of the Harry Potter franchise. Uh, she has a really solid contract with like Warner Brothers, and it makes a lot of money. She gets a kickback from every single thing Harry Potter. She's heavily involved in every single aspect of it. Um, she has a hand in like everything right down to this game and um, the merchandise and the Harry Potter land at Universal Studios, she was, you know, key in the creation of and all that. So it's not a lot of creators that get that level of control. And, you know, you want to give her kudos in that regard, because how many creators get that level of, you know, creative control and that. But she's using her money to fund anti-trans legislation in the UK and wherever she can. Um, she gives you know, um, a platform to anti-trans voices. She's become, you know, friends with people like Matt Walsh and uh, Ben Shapiro, and she goes on their programs and talks to them, and those are hard right-leaning propaganda machines that have, you know, hard agendas against the LGBTQ community and the trans community and she created a woman's shelter specifically after tearing down a pre-existing woman's shelter that was already there specifically for the purpose of creating a woman's shelter that is anti-trans you know and in its conclusion so all of the money that she's gaining from these books she's investing heavily into you know it's not light like 
she wants us dead. She wants my community and the people of my community. She doesn't want us to exist. She wants to kill us. She doesn't want us to have health care. She doesn't want us to have rights. She doesn't want us to exist. And she has an agenda, and she's pushing that agenda through Harry Potter. And so by purchasing this game, or anything Harry Potter, it's not just about this game. If you buy a pencil, or a t-shirt, or one of her books, or a teddy bear, or anything relating to Harry Potter, she's getting a cut of that money. That money is going back to J.K. Rowling, and she is using that money for anti-trans legislation. On top of all of that, the game itself is incredibly anti-Semitic. It is full of anti-Semitic uh, content. The goblins that she has created in the Harry Potter world are directly based off of anti-Semitic artwork from the Nazi era. The drawings that they used for anti-Semitic rhetoric are direct copies of wow she's designed her goblins. The game is about going and collecting slaves. They use literal Jewish artifacts in the game as goblin artifacts. There are a lot of people in the Jewish community who are very angry about this. Yeah. One of such is Jon Stewart himself. So it's not just a few angry you know, individuals on Twitter. Like There are celebrities who are angry about this too. Her books are full of racist uh, character names. Her books are full of racist content. Um, you know, if, as it's all kind of come to light. And the thing is, is that a lot of people in the trans community latched onto these books when they were growing up because the characters, the content, the storytelling had, you know, the kind of stuff that make you feel that you could possibly transition and that you could feel like the magic could help you. And, you know, a lot of these people grew up with this stuff and it help them through these times and to have the person who made something that helped you when you were young and struggling to turn to you and say like I didn't make this for you I did not just make this for you but that like if you're into my works you're also in agreement with my thought process and if you like me and you like my work then you agree with me and I'm going to go on Twitter and I'm going to keep making these statements uh, there's a YouTuber that I follow. Her name is Jessie Gender, and I'm just going to keep pimping her anytime I get the opportunity to. Please go watch her content. She's done a wonderful video series about this and um, how she uses her money and how she influences people with her power and what have you. But the thing is, is that the game itself has become kind of a stepping stone for controversy because people were like don't buy the game and it's like yeah don't buy the game that is correct like excuse me oh, you're all good. it's not about don't buy the game we're not telling you what to do what we're saying is that as members of the trans community if you buy this game you're not supportive of us and that you can't call yourself an ally if you're still investing in and supporting Harry Potter and that for us as trans people and for you know other people too who are trying to take a stand against this for the Jewish community for anybody who's been stepped on by 
J.K. Rowling and, and in these moments, that this work of fiction has now become, you know, it's become sort of a, a catalyst of, of hatred and it's a tool that's being used now. And if you think that in the coming months, when the election starts coming up, that people on the right are not going to start using Harry Potter imagery on their Trump marches and their shit like that, be shocked because it's coming. Because it has now become a tool of the right. Because they are using this game as an excuse because we are we are being victimized and so they're going oh look at the the trans people complaining now look at them look what the right or look what the left's doing look at the left left's trying to take your harry potter away from you the trans people are trying to take harry potter away from you do you want to lose your childhood do you want to lose it so so if you if you if you want to stand up to the left and you want to you don't want to lose that, you know, you got your Tucker Carlson coming in and, and giving his rhetoric on it and that coming in on it. And so it's not about a wizard in a school or any of that. It's all irrelevant. It's it's a, an IP that has now become a tool of the right to use as a weapon against people who are, are being oppressed. And a woman who is using the money that she gains from it to influence and empower herself and a community of people who want to destroy our lives. And yeah, if it's... you invest in Harry Potter, you are not an ally of the trans community. And if that's okay with you, have at it, man. Play your Harry Potter game. Do your thing. That's cool. You can have at it. You know, we don't need you anyway. That's that's cool. But if you want to be an ally and you want to be with us, you have to you have to give up your Harry Potter. And we're sorry. I, like, it should never came to this, so Lexi. Like I said before, like how, how did she? It's like she's always had this agenda before, and the idea of taking your agenda and pushing it on your people and your fans and stuff when you you've done so you've been so successful making this series, right? And how like you're saying, how many kids? grew up watching this and loving these characters, reading these books, falling in love with it and thinking that she, oh, she's representing all of us. I mean, and that's the problem. Right. And all of a sudden she's like, you know, no, no, fuck this group of people. Like that's, that's not right. It's, it's not right. And I don't understand like how people think that you create something like this and then you, all of a sudden you can just like have a voice to tell people, no, you shouldn't be like this. Like, like it's, it's ignorant. It's fucking ignorant. And this person, like they still, and then she's still represented, and people still give her a platform, and people still give her opportunity and money. Like I don't know what the solution with, with Warner Brothers. What can they do in this situation? Then they can cut ties with her somehow. Warner I don't Brothers know. doesn't give a shit. Warner Brothers is making how much money off of this? It's, they like, say they want to reboot Harry Potter. That that's that's the thing. Like when we say like, don't go, don't talk about it. Like we're like, don't talk about it. Don't go online and talk about it. The, the thing with the live streamers, like, okay, like, like uh, if you're familiar with Hassan Piker, Hassan Piker is a major YouTuber. He went on and he did a live stream, and in his live stream, he said, we're going we're gonna to pass um, all of our money that we earn from this live stream on to a transgender community. That's great. That's great that you want to donate the money from it. You're still talking about Harry Potter. You're still talking about the game. 
the point of it is is that when you talk about the game warner brothers hears about the game warner brothers goes cool profit all they see is profit they're a major studio they're not going to see that profit from from m night Shyamalan, but they're going to see it from harry potter (laughs) so because harry potter is a multi-billion dollar franchise and as long as they know that they can keep turning out hats and shirts and video games and shit with Harry Potter on it and whatever, they're going to keep doing it. And as long as you keep buying it, they're going to keep doing it. And as long as they keep doing it, she's going to keep getting a cut. And every time she gets a cut, she's going to take that money and she's going to go to the government and she's going to invest in further, further, you know, infrastructure to stop us. And she's going to start more podcasts where she can go on and spew more nonsense and she's going to write more bullshit books. She has a whole other book series that nobody talks about that's an entire anti-trans book series. And she's going to keep, you know, having the freedom to be a bad person while she lives in a literal castle in in Scotland or wherever the fuck it is and while she, you know, is handed yeah. all this money from what is essentially a racist, anti-Semitic book series where she takes a bunch of Jewish people that run the banks and treats them like shit and has a bunch of slaves that treats them like shit and takes Asian peoples from two different languages and sticks their names together and creates half-cock names and just offends a bunch of people and nobody questions it. Nobody says anything about it because, oh, there's some magic and candy and the candy makes you sick and who fucking cares like i don't give a shit and like i didn't give a shit about harry potter anyway i'm a 40 year old person like i don't give a fuck about harry potter <laughs> this was not for my age group to begin with like i i never cared about it anyway so it didn't affect me to begin with but i completely understand and respect like a younger generation of kids who grew up with this i i watched this become what it became like i watched it grow into the multi-billion dollar franchise so, you know, it is what it is. You can disagree with me if you want, Chris. Your kid could love the game if you want, but it does mean that you're not an ally for purchasing the game. It is what it is. You're investing money into her things. Every time you buy something for Harry Potter, you're investing into anti-trans legislation. And that's final. It is what it is. And she has that series. It's called uh, Troubled Blood, where it's about a guy you know, pretty much murdering people, murdering women, but he disguises himself as a female. He plays like he's trans, but he's not. And he goes into like bathrooms and murders people or something. I mean, I read this and I was like, this is a thing. This is something that she created. Yeah. That's a book. Yeah. Back in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Can you you just give me that recap again? It's a, it's a serial killer who dresses as a woman and he, so he can carry out and murder other women. Oh, that, that makes perfect sense because in 2022, she was um, very upset that in Scotland they were going to make it legal um, or okay to change your gender assigned birth at uh, after you've had a reassignment surgery and have, have lived in your new gender for three months. And she is very upset about that because one of the reasons, which I thought was fucking hilarious, is that... I, and I, I shit you not, she cited 90% of changing room offenses, like changing room assaults. Like, by the way, how many times do you go to a changing room anywhere that it's unisex? Okay. Never. She's like, in a unisex changing room, that's where 90% of assaults happen in changing rooms. There are no unisex fucking changing rooms. Like, what are you even saying? 
Like, and even well, if they want, like, I. Their family changing rooms, which, yeah. if anything's happening and, there, then it's happening with your family. And that goes back 100% not what a, she's saying. Hold it for Because, because right. a trans person who is reassigned to be a woman that's actually a man is going to come in and insult a woman who is a woman or a man who is a man. Like, it literally makes no sense. Like, it, I, I read because. it and I was like, I, I read it four times and I was like, I don't, I don't fucking understand what you're saying. Like, but I really why? don't understand what she's saying. It's it's because that a by by social standards a woman is a sexual object first, and they are a procreation object secondary. Correct? Those that's how it works. So if a woman transitions into a man, obviously, right? Because why wouldn't you want that? You want the power. You want the dynamic. You want those things. You're giving up the ability to procreate, but obviously you want those dynamics. A man who chooses the action of transitioning into a woman, clearly the only action that they are trying to create is to sexualize themselves. So the course of action that a man who becomes a woman is taking is to sexualize. And therefore, a trans woman is sexualizing themselves, and therefore their actions are only going to be sexual because there is no ability to procreate. No, but it's and not, so it's not the, even, I don't... I don't think it's sexualizing themselves. I think it's like it's it's allowing themselves to become more of a predator disguised as a woman, which is but that's the most the thought process. and ridiculous fucking thing that I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it's but that's it's the thought insane. process of the, the right. Like when you listen to people like Matt Walsh and you listen to people like Ben Shapiro, that's the rhetoric that they're feeding is that by the definition of the social standard of what a woman should be by the right the, the hard right leaning standard that a woman is a sexual object first and an object of procreation second that a man who chooses to ch turn into a woman is obviously only choosing to be a sexual object and so their only action is to be sexual and therefore all their actions going into a woman's bathroom is to sexually engage with whatever's in there is to sexually engage with whatever's out there all we are so doing is going, absurd. I'm a, just a big old whore. The big old yeah. whore running around trying whore. to everything. <laughs> oh, I know plenty of whores who aren't trans, by the way. So let's, let's yeah. dial that theory back, okay? I mean, As a matter come. of fact, most of the whores I know aren't trans, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so fuck off, suck a dick, and get your shit together, lady. Like, I cannot I just, with her. I cannot. Yeah. I'm, I'm so frustrated. You... She somehow escaped all of this, like, back in you know, 2019, 2020, like when it first kind of came out, but like, I, I don't know. I read this most recent thing that she did. Um, the, the most recent, like she has a, she actually, I, I, would, I might alert people to this. She has her own website and then she has a part of her website that is called in my own words and in my own words can hang herself with what, what she says. It's, it's actually, I, I read Twitter stuff and I read this and I, but then I read in her own words and it made me like her 100% less. So <laughs> if you have any questions about how you feel about this person and how she is behaving, I think you should read what she says in her own words because it's pretty fucking damning, honestly. In her own words made me feel uncomfortable. It made me feel confused and it made me feel um, appalled. By the fact that you yeah. think it's okay yeah. to say this shit in your own words in 2022 because you are who you are. Go fuck yourself. It's it's like exactly it what you just said, Sabrina. It's because lot. she's it's like who she thinks she is. And that's what it comes down to. She's like, 
I made Harry Potter, so I'll car. bow down to like, my ideals. I'm not ideals. trying to be a cunt, but you lived in your fucking car. It's not yeah, like you're I'm, some. I was I was born to royalty. I've lived my whole life rich, and I feel like I've lived a different world than anyone else. Like those people, I can almost understand because you don't know what it's like to be one of the regular people around. You know what it's like. You live in your fucking car. You know what it's like to be a regular person. Stop being a fucking cunt, please, and thank you. I, I lived in my car, too. I, I lived in my oh, car in the streets of Vegas. But you're also you not being a metal? giant cunt bag. You know what I'm saying? No. My point is, it's like, well, super rich people who have never, like, who have been handed everything and have comes... no idea what it's like to be, like, you know, a person who's had to work for a living, a person who's had to, you know, like, struggle with stuff, like, someone who has had everything handed to them. That's not who she is. It's also the Even problem, though, though like that life now, Sabrina, it's also the problem that happens in Hollywood. A lot of people are like, like, you're an, you're like, you're an actor or you're a creator. Or like, why are you pushing my values on me? A lot of people or your values on me. And a lot of people say that, too. It's like and this is what causes problems in Hollywood and in, in, in entertainment in general is like people like taking it a step too far. You know, at the end of the day, like, who are you to be pushing your values on the world? Who are you? Honestly, who are you? Are you? You affect the you world now. Well, you can like, you can affect the world though, and you can cause so many problems for people that that just just be by by tweeting one thing or doing one thing because you can let your asshole values get out there. We had Gr just posted. Also, he goes, that also works on the good side as well. It, you know it can, I mean? it can. But that's where there's this gray area that causes problems when actors or creators or producers or entertainers step forward and do this. It's, it's like your voice is so strong sometimes, and they don't think about it too. Or maybe maybe with her, she does think about it. She's like, in the back of her mind, she's been wanting to push no, this agenda no, for a long she time. She thinks about it and then puts it into a yeah. three-page essay in her own words. Like, it's appalling. It's fucked like, up. I mean, actually, I literally the girl that read I talked it. about. Go ahead. Like, the girl I talked about, Jesse Gender, too. Mm-hmm. She has a subscriber count of, like, 3,000 subscribers or 300,000 subscribers. That's not a small count, no. but remember, she's... 3,000 like subscribers on YouTube, right? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, when you think of who J.K. Rowling is in comparison to this this trans girl, 100%. she spent her entire Christmas break being attacked by J.K. Rowling. And J.K. Rowling has now had Jen Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh and all these people rallying against her. And now these people are on their shows using their platforms to attack a 300,000 subscriber count trans but girl. Those people are not going to ruin her life. Anyone who's watching any of those programs is not is not a subscribed to her YouTube page. You know what I mean? No, but they're, but they're finding her and they're harassing her now. And that's the thing. Which it's is, like, right. they don't have to subscribe to her to find her Twitter and harass her on and, her, and, her and, own yeah, terms. You're, you're 100% and, and right. find a way to harass her on like whatever. Like, and now she has to deal with, because she spoke out and was a voice for our community, now she has to deal with the brunt of, of an asshole who has more money and more power and because she spoke up for us. And it's like, even me sitting here, I know I'm a small person, but like speaking here today, I'm putting myself out there to backlash. You know, anybody who wants to find me can find me. I have a podcast. I have all these kind of places. I'm a voice on the internet. Now people can find me and they want to talk about me. I'm not afraid of that. But, you know, it's like, the other side of that, too, is, you know, this is the best thing I ever did for myself. Being transgender is the best thing I ever did for myself. It's not easy. It's not fun. It's not like, wee, I love transitioning. I'm very, (laughs) I'm not mad at it. I'm very happy. I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. I have, like, the best mental health I've ever had in my entire life. I'm the best person I could possibly be. I, you know, 
why would anybody want to take that away from me? Why would anybody want me to not be the best person that I could possibly be and in the best place in my life that I could ever be and be finally happy with who I am and finally have the ability to unleash my creativity and not be in a state of constant depression and hate myself all the time and feel all that hatred for myself that I felt for years and years and years. I spent 38 years hating myself and I finally love who I am. And you're going to come in and you're going to take your billions of dollars and you're going to fucking spend that money to stop me from having a life that makes me feel good about myself because you want me to what walk around with my dick out? Like, fuck you, dude. Like, yeah. you don't get to come in and say that. And but her, but her reasoning people... is so... Like, that's even what you're saying, like, her reasoning is so bizarre. Like, it's not yeah. even what you're saying. Like, she... She she doesn't want she doesn't want a man to become a woman because she's afraid that you as a woman is gonna go into a a changing room and assault her. Like what the fuck? Like what are you actually even thinking? Like it it doesn't, it doesn't make, make any, sense. any sense. Like I read yeah. it five times, literally. Like in her own words. Please, anyone listening, go read it before you judge anything that well, anyone is saying. It's what our insane. our meetings are our meetings are actually where we sit down and we discuss how we're going to indoctrinate all the children of the world. So (laughs) (laughs) we have a large, we have a large through Harry Potter, right? All the C's, C's, little, little uh, Caleb is next on the list, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's the trans agenda. GR's got your back, Lexi. There we go. And uh, and GR GR said that he's on the right, and he says he doesn't deal. He yeah. hates all this bullshit. Like, don't, don't group everyone into the same thing. And we feel you, GR. We know you're a good person. It's not. Yeah. It's just like a. I know it's not good to generalize, um, but it, you know there is unfortunately a large amount of people on that side that do project a certain way. It's not. It's not. And I, I, I agree with you. We shouldn't generalize. But it's, it's, it's just unfortunate a, that this is even a conversation at all. It's unfortunate period. for anyone it's, anywhere. It's 2023 and we're talking about this. It doesn't make any sense to me. And the fact that she keeps getting fuel. I just want to make a light light point. Mind your fucking business, okay? Yeah. It has nothing to do with you. Mind your fucking business. It's just good neighboring. It's just good existing. Mind your fucking business. Okay? If it doesn't affect you, let's not worry about it. Thank you. Thank you. Take Whatever happened to do unto others as you want yourself, you know? Whatever happened to that, you know? Do unto others oh, like you like to treat yourself. Mind your business, I feel like it's like a it's like a child, it's like a preschool version of of do unto others. Like just mind your fucking business. Why can't you invest your money in some owl shelters or like some cat shelters? <laughs> yeah, know? come on. Or like, a dobby shelter. How about that? Yeah. Make, make make your own wizard school, or I don't fucking yeah. know. Like, right? Right, build a wizard like school. Yes. Oh my god, do you know how much money that would make? It's just, Dude, like, it's just an... stop giving her ideas. Yeah, it'll just be a trans exclusionary wizard school. It's fine. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. But, <laughs> but the end of the day is like, how much good she, could she have done with all of this? You know, how much right. good? As opposed to the good that she could do, especially like with the youth of America and how she joined people together in the fantasy and the, 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 you know, it affected so many kids, you know, Harry Potter, like everyone knows it and how much money she made off this, what she could have done with it, as opposed to helping the world. She's causing more problems and more diversity, which is just bullshit. It shouldn't be happening. Less diversity. I, yeah, you know, it's, it's just, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me. It really doesn't. 
end of the day, I wish that, you know, she wasn't funded constantly for this, but it's going to, it's going to happen. Like you're right, Lexi, people are going to still fund her, but then again, people aren't going to think about it. They're going to play a game, you know? But people have been, but it's not just a game though. It's everything. And people have been a fan of hers for such a long time that like, it's hard. It's not like she's up and coming and people are like, Oh, who's this Harry Potter fellow? Like it's been going on for so long. It's hard to, it's hard to like, no, Siri, no one's talking to you. Um, it's hard for people to like, you know, like to, to cut the ties with something that they've, you know, become so familiar with and, and, you know, have grown up with or have, you know, really enjoyed or whatever like that. That's the difficult part with this because she didn't like this. This side didn't show up for like, you know, so long after people are so invested in this in the book, right. in the, you know, whatever the fuck. So this this uh, video game is just. I mean, it's it's more of the same, but it's like now we see you. You know what I mean? So it's like it's it's right. just it's a yeah. hard thing. In Hence that why this conversation there is already a huge attachment to it. You know. Yeah. I just hope that you know at the end of the day, Warner Brothers eventually does what's right. They won't, you know, probably won't. But I don't. I don't know. At least this, we're getting the word out. That's the biggest thing. Get the word out so people yeah. know. That's that's all we can really do right now. Educate, and hopefully you know? she falls off a bridge one day. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Damn, Brian. I I didn't say it. Lexi, thank you for <laughs> supporting. Lexi, thank you so much for joining us today and having this conversation. It means the world to us. It's it's about getting the word out there and informing people so they know because a lot of people don't know about this at all and they hear about it and they don't have enough information. So thank you for coming on and telling them, telling the world, our audience, what's happening. It means a lot. It really does. I appreciate you having me on. I really do. Of course. It's a hard topic to talk about and I'm glad I could talk about it. Yeah. We love having you here. It's here to be a voice. Absolutely. We love having you here and thank you so much. It means a lot. And you know, the thing is we we, we can talk about this. There's, There's a lot of assholes in this world. And we just have another one on the list. JK, you are on the list. We should make an asshole list. That we pop up every once yes. in a while. Our top oh 10 God, assholes yeah. of, the, of the month. Let's do the month. Top 10 assholes of the month. That's coming on the, the first of every month. That's All right. <laughs> Sabrina, thank you as always for joining us here on Cruise of Control. Course, appreciate you. you. Yes. Everybody out there, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We appreciate you. Like our uh, like our, our YouTube channel. Subscribe if you can. Join our Patreon. We appreciate you as always. And again, thank you for being here on Cruise Control. We'll see you again soon, all right? Take care, everybody. Thank you, Lexi. Bye. See ya. Thank you for having me. Bye. Thank you.